The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Christy Scales, Aisha Morris, and Jess Navarez here with you on this Tuesday afternoon here at the beautiful Star in Frisco at the SWBC Podcast Studios. Mm. A little bit of a cloudy day here in Frisco if you are not in the area. We love the clouds. We don't love the heat. It's feeling a little more like fall uh, every day. So we have a fun show planned for you today. We have a few things to get through. We're going to get through some of the notes we didn't get to yesterday of our post-game recap uh, following the Cowboys' 30-10 win over the Jets. Uh, We have a very cool exclusive story that we're going to talk about having to do with Carpe Omnia and then the Pro Football Hall of Fame nominations that were announced um, just earlier, a few hours ago. So wanted to get into that as well. But ladies, a lot to unpack here. Where shall we start? Where? Let's leave this up for debate for debate today. We have a lot to go through. Oh, we also have another event too. Christy wanted to point uh, well, out. Yeah, as well. I just want to show off my uh, new new uh, shirt here because sometimes people ask, "What do Cowboys players do on their day off?" And in the course of the regular season, if it's a regular work week, Sunday to Sunday, Tuesday is their only day off technically. But so many of them do community work, and I just want to shout out uh, six of our players that were part of this event today. No, that can uh, see presented it. by Texas Lottery. I'm going to turn jazz so you can uh, switch to this other one so we can see our Texas lottery there. (laughs) All right. But it's called Everybody Plays Field Day. And so it was uh, fifth graders from Lyon Elementary in Rockwall. And so uh, Damone Clark, Deron Bland, Neville Gallimore, uh, Chauncey Golston, uh, Devin Harper, Nashawn Wright. It was a great event. It was an inclusive event. Uh, Special Olympics helped out uh, as well. Uh, Dairy Max, so Claire from Cowboy Sports Nutrition joined Jasmine from Dairy Max to do uh, one of the stations talking about oh, nutrition. And we then, had her on our show last And year. then She's also um, from the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, Claire from the DCC, oh, as well go. as Jessica led the DCC dance party. So I just want to thank those players for v- volunteering their time on their day off to come in and a shout out to all the great fifth graders at Lyon Elementary and Rockwall. That was really a lot of fun today. Oh, I love that. And anytime you get to see those players really involved in the community, it just hits the yes. heartstrings. Absolutely. And it can change a life of, of these kids, right? To say, Absolutely. I remember when I met Deron Bland and my entire life just kind of fell forward. He, yeah, he, he got one of the biggest hands because of course, you know, I, he scored <laughs> a touchdown on opening night. So, you and, know, the kids are going to respond. And, and he's... Anything but bland. Ugh, Boom. Sorry. Look, had to set that up, Aisha. You really did. But people were tweeting us and commenting. I see your comments. I see your tweets about the pun, and they like it. So it's not going anywhere. Oh, Might overkill it. Hooray. But if, it, <laughs> if we're overkilling it, that means Deron Bland's having a good season. There you so, go. There you go. Glass half full. All right. It was. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for bringing that up. We always love to talk about those things here on the podcast. Uh, real quick, I did want to make mention of the 2024 Pro Football Hall of Fame nominees. Um, I believe there was 173 total that were announced today. I'm trying to scavenge and find my notes. Let's see. 
Uh, here we go. Okay, 173 total for the 2024 uh, Hall of Fame class. And there was a handful of Dallas Cowboys names on there that I wanted to make mention of. You have uh, Daryl Moose Johnston, which Babe Laufenberg came up with the nickname Moose. That's right. Uh, mm -hmm. For Moose there. So very cool uh, to see that. Nate Newton, who you can see here on DallasCowboys.com. Congratulations uh, to Nate for that. Mark Stepnoski. Uh, you have Leroy Glo Glover. Uh, Keith Brooking. Darren Woodson, who was a finalist last year, if you remember, and then first-time nominee Tony Romo. So just wanted to uh, give a shout-out to all those guys there as well. They better stop doing Darren like that. Yeah, yeah. all-time leading tackler in Cowboys history and just the glue in the secondary. You know, when he first came in, he was the young pup, right? It was guys like James Washington, you know, who were the starting safeties. And, and he was actually one of these hybrid kind of linebacker guys, kind of a tweener, played sort of like a joker position at Arizona State. But for so many of us in the building, Darren Woodson will be one, if not the, one of our all-time favorite, for me, yeah. all-time favorite Dallas Cowboy. So. Yeah. Well deserved, he, you know, to be a finalist. But let's make it happen. Let's but it but happen. it's also fun to see. And Leroy Glover, uh, when he came uh, to the Cowboys, it, you could argue that he's one of the greatest free agent signings in the history of the Cowboys. That was kind of a downtime in the early aughts. He came in 2002 but made the Pro Bowl every year that he was here. Just one of the great defensive tackles of his era. So, And Keith Brooking, you know, most of the time we think of him uh, as a Falcon but uh, played here as well. So just some great names, friends mm -hmm. with Mark Stepnoski. So glad to see uh, him uh, get his name on that list as well. So he was yeah. the anchor of the offensive line. Absolutely. Aisha and I actually got to meet Darren last year during Cowboys Crosstalk. He was one mm -hmm. of the guests, oh, and he was awesome. just so inviting, uh, so open to talking with us about this podcast. And um, one of the big things that stood out to me about him was he was very, very um, nice about saying, hey, if you ever need any help, if you want any help studying football, whatever you need, you let me know, and I'm there to help you. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate um, that from Darren. It was pretty cool to meet him uh, when we did last year. And then, of course, Tony Romo. Um, hello, I have to make mention of Tony Romo. Do you not know me? Um, of course, this is his first time being nominated, so it's a really exciting moment for him. Um, just going through and was writing an article today about all of the things that he did, and it's just so crazy that it has been eight years since the Tony Romo era came to an end in Dallas. Wow. It, yeah. it, time flies. Yeah. And of course he was here just this past weekend for CBS doing the Jets Cowboys say, game and then they'll be back Thanksgiving. So yeah. we get to see him again. I was going to say, we, we had a very cool moment happen during the broadcast where Jaron Kirst gets the interception, shows Dan Quinn uh, in the box and, and his reaction, then Tony's uh, depiction or his voiceover of what Dan Quinn is saying. <laughs> Hilarious. If you haven't seen it yet, please go watch it. I laugh every time I watch it I, I've been playing that video over and over um, nonstop so wanted to make mention of that but let's get into a little bit more of our Jets matchup that we didn't get into yesterday Aisha I'm gonna go to you our film queen who the first thing she told me Aisha calls me uh, we talk on the phone pretty much every day at this point and she calls me and she tells me I've watched so much film today girl <laughs> so let's get into it Going back and rewatching this game, what is some of the what are some of the first things that stood out to you? Um, I think this offensive line, if it's healthy, is going to be pretty good. That was one of the, I don't know if you noticed like that first drive, they moved the ball downfield pretty well. I, the Jets defense <laughs> in the red zone had their number a couple times, but I definitely noticed just 
they're meshing well and there's things going right for them there. I think Tyler B. Otis has really grown mm -hmm. as a player. And I think that when you get Tyler Smith back, that interior is going to be really strong from the center to the right guard to the left guard position. Um, those are that was one of the first things I noticed. They used a lot of double teams and um, and the, the combo blocks. They were effective. They were effective when they needed to use them. But I was really um, like I said, I was really impressed with just how the offensive line handled the Jets defensive line because they can do what the Cowboys do, where you don't get a break with them, is that they can rotate different guys around, they can move different guys around. And um, there were a couple times that, you know, there were a couple times, especially on the right side, that this offensive line struggled. However, I felt like they played uh, well, and they're going to continue get, to get better in jail. Question for you, because Adoga, uh, who's starting for mm -hmm, Tyler mm -hmm. Smith at left guard, goes out late in the second quarter with the elbow injury. Did you see a big drop-off, or did they stay pretty consistent when T.J. Bass came in? With all due respect, I thought it was a little bit better. I thought that oh. T.J. Bass uh, filled in, and there was some, there was more movement on that side. Um, I, I love T.J. Bass's awareness, and I tweeted uh, a couple hours ago. I think he's going to end up being considered a steal. He was a gentleman that during the draft, I was surprised that didn't get drafted, especially with the need for offensive line in this league and his versatility, and just to see him grow. And to be available and to be able to fill in at not only right guard, but left guard and to be active. And you can tell he's really smart because his awareness is good. He knows how to help his buddy when he needs to. He gets off blocks, gets to the second level. I was, imp I was impressed with how he handled just getting thrust in there and having to play, especially since we know, Christy, the offensive lineman. They get limited time. They get limited Absolutely. reps. He's not getting first-team reps no. during practice. And, and when he got first-team reps in training camp, because Zach Martin was holding out, it was a right guard. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. so, and, and what's exciting, you're talking about this offensive line, and we still haven't seen them really play together. Yes, ma'am. Because yeah, yeah. Tyler hasn't, Tyler Smith hasn't played. He's missed the first two games at left guard. So we hadn't even seen what you would consider the, the starting five going into the season. Yeah, and Tyron Smith is... Is he that still Tyron? Tyron is Tyron. still Tyron, y'all. He still has the ability to be an eraser when it comes to Ooh, whoever like is handling. Yeah, because you don't hear from the guy. On, you don't hear about the guy on the other side. You barely heard from Thibodeau last week. Yeah. And even this week, you barely held, heard from whoever was over there. I don't know who was over there. They were switching people so many times. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there there's a little bit of drawback of him, you know, his movements sometimes, but I think he still lead blocks really well and gets to the second level well. I saw him put somebody in in handcuffs a couple times. Mm. Like he's yeah. he's still yeah. impressive and one of the best in the game if he's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. that's what defensive players say. Once yeah. Tyron gets his hands on you, it's You're done. it's it's all over. I do have another question for you though. As yes, you're looking at the offense, yes, ma'am. Because you mentioned about red zone. I mean, it's awesome that the rookie kicker kicks five field goals. What's not awesome is that you um, have to settle for field goals. So I didn't know if there was something that yeah, really stood we'll out back. about those issues. Yeah, real quick, I wanted to make mention while we were still on the topic of uh, injuries and all of that. Jerry Jones did give an update on the fan this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, the weekly Tuesday fan hit from mm -hmm. Jerry Jones mm -hmm. and he said that what he's seeing is that all three guys so Tyron Smith or Tyler oh my goodness Tyler Smith Tyron's fine uh, Tyler Smith Brandon Cooks and then Donovan Wilson uh, are going to be probably limited on Wednesday to ramp up to get ready for Thursday. Uh, so it looks like he said that they're very close to being ready um, and he may 
made sure to mention from what he has seen, there is nothing to worry about with Zach Martin. As we know, he left the game a little bit early dealing with a rolled ankle. It's out of precaution. He said there's nothing to really be worried about there at all um, and that Zach would not miss any game time. So I wanted to make mention of that. But back to this red zone conversation, yeah. let's table it because I'm going to make you guys wait and I'm going to be mean about it um, to our viewers. Sorry, viewers. Uh, we have a really cool story that I want to make sure we have time for uh, in our second block. So let's table this for our next block um, and then we'll get back to it. Coming up after the break, though, we have an exclusive story from our Christy Scales, who always does some investigative digging when it comes to some fun little fun facts around here. So make sure to stay tuned. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we will be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to answer some of your very common questions here in just a second. But first, do you eat, sleep, and breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win exclusive prizes, plus a trip to Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Okay, speaking of fans, we have some of the best ones because we always open our text line or I go back to read the comments to see if we have any questions that we can answer for you guys on this podcast. And although we don't always get to them, sorry, we get a little lost in the conversation and it's not very flowy of me to just bring up these questions randomly. Just know I have them stockpiled and we will answer them throughout the week when I do see them. They are here. But what I noticed, uh, and I was talking to the girls about this, is when I was going through the text line questions, one of the bigger questions that came up was the uh, Carpe Omnia artwork, and everybody was just very intrigued by that. So when we were talking about it, told told the girls, hey, this is one of the more, more common questions. Let's start doing some digging. Our Christy Scales did just that. She got us all the answers, and this is exclusive here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk that I want to make sure to mention. Um, so Christy, take it away. Our artwork, yeah. Carpe Omnia, what are, what information yeah. did you find? Well, Carpe Omnia, that, uh, sees everything. That's the mantra for 
for Coach McCarthy this year. Last year it was resilience, and we had that beautiful uh, montage, you know, that's there in the hallway that the players see as they exit the locker room and head to the practice field. And so this year it's Carpe Omnia, but you see uh, the guru, and he's holding the sword. And so we had so many questions about that. And I feel kind of like we're wide world of sports, spanning the globe to bring you the greatest. And this is actually from the artist who created that artwork from India. Thank you to Sukhman Singh Bumrah for uh, sending us this information. Mm -hmm. So he is a 3D artist, uh, and he's in Uttar Pradesh, India now, and he's been interested in art since uh, since childhood, and he got he gets his inspiration from the 10 uh, Sikh gurus who uh, sacrificed their lives for humanity, and so the particular one that's shown here in the hallway at the Star in Frisco, it's the 10th guru, and it's uh, Gobind Singh, and he... Uh, is one of the sick warriors, and uh, the word Khalsa comes from the word pure, but um, he was um, a saint, a warrior, a poet, a scholar, a philosopher, and this guru is one of the most powerful and inspiring uh, persons in Indian history and culture. And so uh, not only did he help uh, found this, but his significant contributions to the community they live on to today, and uh, he fought valiantly valiantly um, against the Mughal tyranny. And so a few of his teachings that um, th that are followed now, it's how to be a warrior and a saint. It's to serve humanity. It's the power of love. It's that everyone is equal, so non-discrimination and fairness and justice and freedom. And it's also about being humble. So there are uh, 52 instructions by this guru that encourage um, uh, homemakers and the like. And so it's a very influential um, person in the entire culture and history. And so that's one of the reasons why he is the one that is part of the mural that the players and the coaches and all of us here at the Star see every day as we walk through football operations, go down the hallway as the players and coaches head out to the practice field. But I want to really um, say thank you to uh, Sukhman Singh Bumrah for uh, reaching out all the way from India and emailing us this information so that we can know about the artwork and understand the importance, the cultural significance that is uh, that Coach McCarthy has incorporated into now our Cowboys culture. I think it's just really awesome. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about the Cowboys culture here on the podcast. We always talk about it. And we talked about Carpe Omnia and just how fitting it is for this team and the culture that they've captivated um, here within the building under Mike McCarthy. And and this, you're, you're naming off all of these mannerisms of this great warrior and it's just so symbolic and so, so spot on with the team and the members of the, of the team and how they've come together to form what they are now. And not only does that impact, you know, their relationships off the field and all that, but it's showing on the field as well with their chemistry, their love for each other, their brothers, their family. They're all coming together as one. So I thought that was Really cool that yeah. you mentioned that. And, and, and it's not just words, it's actions. Mm -hmm. Remember, we were talking just a few minutes ago about yeah. what we did today with Everybody Plays and yep. the six players coming out on their day off. And this was a day of inclusion. 
you know, in the Special Olympics and, you know, with all the students coming together from the fifth grade and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and those players and our Cowboys coaches that are part of our Dallas Cowboys youth clinic. So Danny McRae and all of his guys that do so much to teach uh, football to youth, not just from the area, but people come from all over the country in the summer and during the holidays to take part in this. And so, um, you know, it's something, it's, it's not just lip service. It's, it's walking the walk as well as talking the talk. Oh yeah. And I, when, when they announced it, I was like, oh, they put some thought into that. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I thought initially. I was like, oh, this is not this is not just something. You know, obviously, I thought resilience was good. It made sense and everything. But with the in-depth meaning of this, and now I, I find value in knowing the history and, and the culture and the reasoning for it and who this person was and how they influenced um, Indian culture. I think it's important that we are highlighting that and talking about it, you know, for um, – for respect of, yeah. of of what that means to another culture it's not just about you know it fitting what the cowboys want to do right now we we're learning as as this goes on yeah and the, the players really took it in when coach mccarthy mm-hmm. revealed it was during a team meeting it was the week going into regular the regular season yeah. opener and guys taking notes I, again i don't want to reveal my sources but one of the guys you know opened up his notebook and was telling me oh it's from the early 1600s and yeah this girl was the first to do this and do that and so um and so we had a little bit of information we had some to talk about about that particular afternoon on the yep. podcast, but to have Sukhman reach out to us from India, the person who actually created what we're seeing, mm-hmm. and it just looks so cool anyway. Yeah. But thank thank you for, for sharing your yeah. art. Thank you for sharing the information so that we can share it with Cowboy fans, not just across the country. It's not just America's team. We know it's an international team. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. And this is one of those moments where it's bigger than football. And that is why... Everybody just loves this sport so much. They're so connected to this team because it just goes deeper than football, whether it's, you know, meeting your your favorite player and and making a fan for the rest of their life or um, Mike McCarthy, you know, waving. There was a tour when we were at our press conference yesterday and he waved at the tour outside. Just the impact that these guys have and that they're well aware of and that Mike McCarthy really, I think, nails in their head to say, hey, you are a Dallas Cowboy do what you can with that and do the best that you can with that yeah, on and off the field. Absolutely. I think it's just so important and this is so symbolic. Yeah, just take that. some of those instructions from Gobind Singh and incorporate it into our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Being, being a warrior and a saint resonates with me a lot. Well, because you, yeah. I, I think some people who uh, tune into the podcast recently and didn't get to see all of last year and know. Uh, your background, Aisha served our country, yep. and and so she knows of, of what she speaks when, yeah, she, that, when it comes yep, to this. That resonated yeah. with me a lot. Sorry, no, I'm good. No, that's good. <laughs> that's no, great. no, it meant like no, I I understand what that means. I feel like I've had Sergeant say that to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. And the thing about Aisha too is who you see on the podcast is who she is, right. and truly, when she's telling you this is the mentality. We always talk about it uh, outside of the podcast of the similarities that her background has to just football and how she connects that with the players and how there's just so many ties that that they could go into with it. And so... I'm sure it, it resonates hard, no, it and it doesn't just, mean something to me. Yeah, keep it. We, we were yeah. talking. We were talking about that very subject last night on the Cowboy Hour. Terrence Steele, the Cowboys' right tackle, was our guest on the Cowboy Hour, presented by Miller Lite, and he's a military brat from San Antonio, mm-hmm. and yeah. his stepfather, uh, Army helicopter uh, pilot, who 
um, survived a crash and lost lower part of his his leg and and um, so uh, he inspired Terrence, who overcame a, a bad knee injury last December and was back on the field for um, both regular season games so far. And so it was really cool to hear Terrence talk about how the things that he learned being raised in a military household and the just the values there, how they translate to they the translate. sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he got his contract um, recently, and we were all in the scrum asking him about it, Somebody asked him, where did you get your work ethic? Because Mike McCarthy always talks about his work ethic and always, that's the first thing he says is Terrence is Terrence and he is a glue guy. And Terrence was quick to say, well, it's just kind of how I grew up. I was raised around, you know, being a military, uh, a child in a military family and knowing where to be at a certain time, very routine. And I go back to, again, this, this part outside of seeing the football player is, we asked him, well, who did you call first? He said, my parents. And we said, well, what's the first thing you're going to spend all this on? He said, well, I want to make sure that my mom gets a new car. I want to make sure my dad is good. And for me, when you can peel back that curtain and really see the person, not just the football player, I think that's such an important part of this game, with fan or not, um, of any team. I, I think a lot of times we, we tend to forget that these guys are people above all else and they're not just players um so i'm really glad you brought this up christy really good stuff there and uh again thank you so so much uh, to the artist for sending it in we are going to take our next break here on girls talk boys talk but when we come back we have a little bit more film to get into and i have a question to ask you guys i'm not going to tell you what it is i'm going to put you on the spot again and you guys know how much uh, i love to put them on the spot with questions i've been scheming over so make sure to stay tuned we'll be right right back uh this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's play. In this game, there's a position for everyone. No matter who you are, flag is your chance to run, throw, jump, and fly. This is your chance to get involved in the action and join the flag football movement. Learn more and find the league at NFL flag.com sorry we were laughing uh before we came on i decided to crack my neck right in this mic and uh when you're getting older 
that's uh, something that happens. You crack your bones, and uh, you hear it on a mic, and I'm just Christy looking at you that. sideways over there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, when we get just saying, when we get <laughs> older. I turned 28, <laughs> basically 30 at this point, uh, which is basically like 90 for me. Round and, up, and carry the two. It's like dog years, but it's Jess years, so 30 is basically okay. 90 uh, for me. <laughs> I'm not even 30 yet. Um, but... Let's get back into some game film before we officially turn the page uh, to all things Arizona Cardinals for this Sunday. I cannot believe it is already week three of the NFL oh, season. No, it got to stop. It, it, it flies by. Like, we wait so long for it, and then it comes back, and then it just kind of flies by. Uh, it's so much fun. I guess uh, it's work that doesn't feel like work there. But let's uh, finish our wrap-up with New York Jets. A question, uh, let's start with the the defense first because I saw a question in the comments um, that I made note of. Somebody asked about Leighton Vanderish mm-hmm. and kind of how he's been playing, his his productivity specifically, uh, questioning if it's still there. Is there anything you guys saw from Leighton that indicates that it's not? And uh, I, I already know y'all's answers, but for, I, I wish I would have written down your name. I'm so sorry, sir, you commented on our video. But for whoever you are, wanted to make sure to answer your question. Well, I mean, oh, look at the way the they floor. shut down the run. I, I mean, Leighton did his job and more. <laughs> and, go. you know, such an important player, important leader. He's the green dot. He's the one that relays the call. He's the one that's communicating uh, pre-snap and uh, does a great job of that. And uh, going into the game, we really thought that, that the Jets were going to rely on the run game, you know, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. But, you know, stopping them – uh, for short gains and forcing those longer down in distance and also being able to get the lead and making them play from behind and making Zach Wilson pass. Really the only time, uh, s- the only good sustained drive the Jets had was when Zach Wilson was running up out of the pocket mm-hmm. and, and um, getting the yards um, as a quarterback uh, running the ball instead of passing it. But, yeah, Leighton is, is playing lights out, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you made a good point. I, I I will say, too, is that because of that, because of the fact that I feel like the Jets abandoned the run very quickly. And so initially DQ came out with a of some bigger packages. You saw Hankins, you yes. saw Mozzie, you saw some of those guys. But the minute that he realized that they weren't going to be trying to run the ball, he did go smaller. So I think one thing, too, um, fans, I want to tell you that to not get confused with seeing the linebackers not be on the field all the time because of the way that DQ uses the safeties. Because even in this instance, this week, um, I definitely want to get a little bit more information, but uh, Damone Clark only played 17 snaps. Mm -hmm. But And some people will look at that like, well, what's wrong with Damone Clark? I mean, nothing. It's just the fact that DQ realized that they they were trying to pass, so he went with a pass rush front, smaller front, be able to get to the quarterback and he also had Marquise Bell out there because Marquise Bell mm-hmm. is more uh, keen in coverage yeah so that's another thing too that I definitely want to keep an eye on out on and let you guys know is the fact that sometimes you may not see both linebackers out there all the time and that's just because it's unique in the way that Dan Dan Quinn uses the safeties also yeah. and yeah. not just to mention that a great point by Aisha our, our little film guru here <laughs> on the podcast but um, I also wanted to mention is stats don't mean everything for players. Stats don't 
reflect everything that they're doing on the field all the time. Uh, because look at Micah's stats. They're not always the most impressive to jump off the field or jump off the page when you're looking at them. The but then the impact yeah. is large and in charge uh, with Micah Parsons, <laughs> yeah. to say at the yeah. very least. I think Layton's a very similar guy to that. Because, again, Chris, you mentioned he's the green dot. He is your thermometer within your defense okay. he makes sure that everything's diagnosed he is your leader he is your general if you will within right. the defense that keeps everything in check he communicates well if you watch the pre-snap and you watch what he does before he's making sure everybody is where they need to be he checks everybody he's communicating with them it's not just about tackles and what statistics show up on the page all the time. So I just wanted to make yeah. sure. To and it's going to be fun. We did see him line up a couple times along the line, not the edge. I think we're yeah. going to see more of that as we go along. That's and when, and when, when you talk about uh, fewer plays for Damone and some of the other guys, and that's great that you can get Marquise Bell in there. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's two points about this. Number one, the uh, Jets only had 46 plays on offense, okay? You Fair. normally have around <laughs> between true. 60 and 65. <laughs> so they're like 20 plays fewer Fair. than you would normally have. So numbers are going to be down across the board statistically for the defense just because there weren't as, as many plays. But I love what you guys are saying about Marquise and about some of these matchups. And and what a shout out not only to Dan Quinn for the way he's utilizing these guys and having these matchups where you have a Marquis Bell who would be kind of a better matchup in coverage like against a tight end or mm -hmm. even a slot guy, but the personnel department, you have to go out and find these kinds mm, of guys yeah. and to keep bringing them in and yep. bringing them in and bringing them in. And so um, that just allows Dan to not only utilize it, utilize it, but have some depth and flexibility and be able to keep rolling them in in waves and I think that's really important yeah and um Dan Quinn kind of talked about that yesterday he was asked about how do you keep raising the bar with this kind of defense starting out this way and he said you know it's it's how they how they started back with the guys that they're finding first of all but then they find versatility within their play and then they add on that and then they keep building up and up and up so it's an ongoing process of how to keep building up these guys to your point Christy to say it's a process and it continues and this is the starting point which is scary for opposing yeah. offenses yeah. when we still haven't seen Donovan starting. Wilson and Jordan Lewis has only been on yeah. the field for 10 plays and yeah. he'll be available for more as we go along as he worked his way back from that severe foot injury so I I mean it the arrow was up and they're like pointing sky high <laughs> I wanted to uh, sorry it was an arrow <laughs> I wanted to shout out a couple of guys because I I Osa is really oh, yeah. Oso, Diggy Zoo, and Micah Parsons to me are becoming a tandem. Mm -hmm. and they're becoming a tandem because they're meeting at the quarterback a lot, but they they it feels like they have a good understanding of each other in you know mid rush or during rush or when guys are when they're doing stunts like they have a good feel for each other. But also too, Osa is so disruptive and he's becoming such a good pass rusher that lining him up next to Micah it's going to pay dividends for for both of them but it's going to like to have somebody that's able to um rush the passer at the level that that Osa's becoming starting to and I think Dan Quinn mixed mentioned yesterday is his ability to counter 
and right. the, that ability that's yeah. something yeah. that he's Counter, grown counterpunch counterpunch rather okay. yes and that's something that he's grown to do and you saw him do it in this game and it opened up things for Micah but also Cha- Chauncey Golston was so disruptive y'all as a pass rusher he has a lot of yeah. size and um, speed but it doesn't take away like even though he has the size it doesn't take away from his ability to pass rush and he might be a guy that's going to be important move back yeah. forward yeah. as well but I just want to mention those two gentlemen yeah. and he got the start Go- Golston yeah. got the start over yes. Armstrong yep. uh, this week and and, and, yeah. and DA went out there and he's still yeah. playing well too oh, yeah. it's, absolutely it's yeah it's, absolutely there you go yeah, they're so competitive you know yeah it is it is <laughs> yep. an abundance of riches real quick we're getting Twitter questions so oh. any way you guys want to send your questions into us please feel free to do that at any point um, I'll check the comments after the show see if uh, y'all are talking smack or leaving comments just kidding <laughs> kind of um, <laughs> but James asks uh, we're gonna switch to offense now. Okay. He said the fact that the team released Ronald Jones, does that say how they feel about the running back room and specifically Malik Davis? Um, Malik Davis, again, on the practice squad right now. Um, you did see kind of a one, two, three, four punch with the running back room mm-hmm. in the Jets uh, game this previous Sunday. So running back room, how how are you feeling about how the Cowboys have utilized what they have within it? Well, I was thrilled. I wanted to see more Rico. Yeah, and that's and that, but again, I understand like they were just trying different things, but I, I think it says something to the confidence they feel in what they have right now. And you saw, I I really appreciated. I mentioned it yesterday. I appreciated how they used all of them in different ways. Yep. Yes. On Sunday, we got to see it, and everything seemed tailored to what every guy did well. Um, also, too, you know, Hunter Lifke is getting in there, and he's he he is a fullback, but they they're lining him up in different places to where I think they're maybe setting up some things for him in the past game later. But to answer your question, I'm pretty sure they're confident in what they have right now. And we yeah. got the opportunity to see a little bit, even Deuce Vaughn. We got to see mm-hmm. a little bit of what each guy could do. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, it's it's a, it's disappointing no, for Ronald, yeah. but it's how the game goes. You're talking about it, and the running back room kind of reminds me of their own Avengers, if you will. They each have their own skill yeah. and their own power to where you can distribute it in different ways, and it really become a big threat not just in the run game but all aspects that'll trickle down into all of the offense right so you have your tony pollard who is your tony stark ironically they have the same name Um, he's your iron man and he's the one that's going to get you through it he's the leader of that room right you have your rico dowdle who i think would be your captain america in this mix because he's strong he's physical and he's fast and really you're not going to stop captain america when he has that strength if you're deuce vaughn who I'm going to call Deuce the Hulk. I'm going to call him the Hulk. What? I'm going to call him the Hulk. Well, then he would be Bruce Banner and not the Hulk. He'd be the little guy. No, no. He'd be little. No, he'd he's be, the Hulk. Be he's the Hulk because he is small, but, man, when he packs a punch, he there packs a okay. punch. Okay, I see That's where you're going. All right. Like it. And then like you it. have Hunter Lipke, who I'm going to say is, hmm. Don't say Hawkeye. No, he's not going to be Hawkeye. I'm going to say he's Spider-Man. I'm going to say he's Spider-Man because Spider-Man is such an important part of the Marvel Universe that often just gets the the short end of the stick a little bit. And not to say that that's what's happening with Hunter, but I think his importance and his role is more relevant than what we're seeing right now and than what people are often giving to him. So uh, you have your beautiful... Cowboys running back room of Avengers. He's the youngin. Upon. He's the youngin that's still mm-hmm. learning the ropes there you and, go. and learning, you know how things go. And he's working go. under Tony Pollard, who's your Tony Stark, who's your Iron Man. Oh, Boom. Oh god. 
Okay. I, the, the Marvel fan in me is is. Are you screaming? They all make sense in their own way. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you make it. <laughs> Look, the point is, they have versatility within that running yeah. back room yeah. that can be utilized in so many different ways once it's polished up and it yeah. has more time. Yeah, and and to James's question is just the room is full and yeah. and unfortunately for Ronald Jones they're one space left and 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 they yeah. they you know maybe if there had been an injury situation but and then who else on the roster if you don't want to change anything with the backs that you have in your room and don't forget Cavante Turpin getting lined oh. up in the backfield as well so he but can where, be... what what other position hmm. are you going to take from you're not so basically yeah. Ronald Jones basically became a victim of numbers I'm trying to think who Cavante Turpin want, can be I want to say I will talk about this one later, but I, I want to say that um, really like what I saw from Rico does everything he can yes. in pass pro. We yeah. saw Tony Pollard throw a couple of really good chips this past game also. Um, and then obviously we mentioned Lifke and some of the things he's doing. But I just wanted to mention that uh, Mike McCarthy mentioned in the offseason that they were obsessing about pass pro and mm -hmm. protection and things like that. And you can tell that those guys have come together and they have a willingness to do that and to protect their quarterback when they need to. And it was just something I realized on film this game especially. I got it. Oh, God. He's Thor. Kevontae Turpin, he's Thor. How? How is he Thor? He looks nothing like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was gonna He's say, Thor. I want to say it, but I don't want to. I, I hope this don't offend him. He's Ant-Man. <laughs> He's not Ant-Man. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell him you said that tomorrow. I what? get it, Thor. Ant-Man is important I sometimes. Mean... <laughs> well, if you want to get comments, talk about, you know, nah. superheroes. Because everyone, everyone's just as passionate <laughs> about that. Here's the thing. I'm saying Thor because Thor is powerful. And... Although he's not the most flashy guy within the run game, right? You can still use him for special packages. He's literally lightning bolts. He's flashy. He's um, flash. He's the flash. But that's DC. Yeah, yeah I know. We can't. Oh, Y'all stressing right. me out. We'll, Let's we'll talk, talk about the red zone. Leave, leave some comments of who you think Kevontae Turpin should be. Or please do. <laughs> um, this all ties in, and I, I wanted to bring up the running back conversation before we got in the red zone because mm. a big topic of conversation when Ezekiel Elliott was no longer on the team was who's your new red zone guy he was that guy for this team for so long that that kind of became an open position to not just something that was exclusive to the running back room but to the rest of the offense of is it going to be your tight ends is it going to be your wide receivers who's going to step in into that role 16 points from Brandon Aubrey in this game which should have been capitalized in the red zone. So if you're going to get nitpicky about something, we talked about this yesterday, it's going to be not having as a uh, productive time in the red zone, to say it the least. Aisha, when you go back and you watch this, what, first of all, this is a two-part question, what happened? And two, who do you see or what group do you see stepping in to be the, the red zone guy or guys for Jack Prescott? Well, I think it's going to be a collective of guys. Let me say that. I think that it's really going to be matchup based and what they see and what they're, they're able to establish because they tried so many different things. When you get down to the nitty-gritty, man, man, that Jets defense on the goal line is disrespectful. Mm. I, they are so fast. Their DBs come downhill so quickly that if you do try to do things, and that's one thing about the red zone that I've learned over time and has been taught to me is you don't, when a quarterback is down there and they're trying to, if they once they drop back, 
it is very little time to make a decision. Once they look away, the the possibility of being able to look a different way and try to make a decision, it's so much, the time is just so much more shortened because it's, it's, it's smaller. It's a smaller area to cover. And a defense like the Jets, their defensive line gave the Cowboys offensive line some trouble down there. They were so aggressive. Um, and then you, we had Mike McCarthy mention some alignment things. Well, he talked about the safety coming down for Peyton Hendershot's, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that end around for Peyton Hendershot. Yeah. Um, Dak missed Ferg in the end zone. The ball floated a little bit. And even on that uh, sack that Dak had where he was rolling out, um, he if he wouldn't have gotten sacked, Michael Gallup was breaking away right mm-hmm. there for him to be able to make that pass. So to answer your question, I do think it's going to be different packages, multiple guys. They tried to run the ball. They tried to swing the ball. They tried to toss the ball. They tried to pass the ball. They tried to do a lot of stuff, and the Jets defense wasn't happening, having it. So I think it was a lot of execution yeah. things that made made things struggle. They could have very much so went four for six in the red zone, and it would be fine. So just some things to clean up, but that defense for the Jets – is stout when it gets to that red area. They're not trying to give up really anything. I'm glad you mentioned the incompletion to Ferguson because um, Dak was outstanding on Sunday. And that probably just a couple throws that he would like to have back. He was, what, Mm 31-38? That that one to Ferg. And so if they'd actually hit on that one, then we'd be singing a completely different tune about red zone. So Yeah, um, and... For me, when I look at the red zone, I think your tight ends kind of become a little bit more of a variable. But Mm -hmm. right now, it's only the second week. It's barely going into the third week of the regular season. They're still figuring out a lot of things. Honestly, I forget how young they are within that room. And you even look at the loss of Dalton Schultz no longer being in that room. That was another guy that that Jack could really hit on the red zone if he wanted to, really at any point. So just building that up within the season, I think, is something you're going to see. I think Jake Ferguson would be a great guy to be your clutch red zone guy if if you had it, because Jake is going to get you that yard after catch. And sometimes right there when you're in the red zone and you just need that little extra oomph to your third and third and goal and you just need to get it in i think jake ferguson could be a really good guy for that brandon cooks being out also too definitely changes a lot of their red zone packages and what they're able to do down there or what they choose to do down there um he the way he separates is ideal for a quarterback in the red zone just because the timing has to be on point and um i think you felt a little bit of his absence as well when they were down there there you go. That's a great point. Well, ladies, we officially close this chapter of all things Dallas Cowboys taking flight to a victory against the Jets 30-10 to in week two of the regular season. Mm-hmm. We are now switching gears to all things Arizona Cardinals uh, for week three. And so that means, well, unfortunately, our time here has come to an end for this Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. But we'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, 4 o'clock Central Time, DallasCowboys.com. Um, send us your questions. Like I said, we're going to keep track of them. We're going to answer them throughout the rest of the week. So please feel free to send us whatever you have. We're going to work on some key matchups tomorrow as well as some of the improvements um, that the Cowboys can make to level up against the Arizona Cardinals. So until then, have a fantastic rest of your day. Go continue to be the amazing people that you are and leave a comment and agree that Kevontae Turpin is Thor. Have a great day for Christy, Aisha, Jess. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?
Yeah!